He's hit the bar, uh, episode five. Uh, we're a man down tonight, but we'll soldier on. Evening, JK. Evening, Charles. Good evening, Charlie. How are we all doing? You're right. Uh, enjoying the weather. Yeah, yeah it's, um, we we can't complain on the weather side of things. It's um, definitely sunburnt and cider weather. Absolutely. I'm enjoying a bit of a Thatcher's it's, this evening. What we're yeah, we drinking? It's good if you're not working. No comment. moving swiftly onto the agenda for tonight i think um so tonight we've got a bit of everything um return of the bundesliga um and how our adopted teams got on um whether we think uh, broadcasters should leave the sort of natural sound in the stadiums or adopt the fake crowd noise that's being discussed um progress on the premier league restart um, we've got a little segment on um, it's Mental Health Week this week, so we'll be having a look into social media and the positives and negatives in football. And also, we select our centre backs for our beer 11, so another jam packed episode. Um, starting with the Bundesliga, um, so social media and every who should you be supporting the Bundesliga link and test I completed, and I seem to come to Schalke um, and it gave me an early excuse to drown my sorrows on Saturday um, dropped 4-0 in the Ruhr Derby be Dortmund uh, many thanks to Schubert and um, Newbell on the bench um, has already agreed to move to Bayern Munich but uh, I did see that a bit of a strange move as he's a top keeper and leaving him out of such a such a big game um, JK what did mm. you make of that game and um I noticed, obviously, lack of Sancho from the start. Might have been a thick fitness thing. Um, yeah. And uh, what did you make of uh, Schalke? <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, I enjoyed everything about Saturday. You know, everything coming back. You know, the sort of even the remote links to Aaron Hargreaves sat at home in a lovely little living room. Everything was great about it. And I think the only thing that annoyed me was Steve McManaman's commentary and comment about, you know, teams looking off form or picking up form from where they left off. You think, crikey, Steve, they've been he, gone for the best part of two months. Form goes out the window, but it's... Um, I think he's been yeah. asleep behind his sofa in Madrid for a few months. That did make yeah. me laugh. I mentioned it straight away. And yeah. I, should have yeah. out, I, made, I could have got a few thousand uh, yeah. like, but um, I missed out on that one. Um, yeah, but I, I think it, in general, I think, you know, it was a strange one. No Royce, no Witzel. Um, no Sancho from the start, no Emre Chan. They looked a little bit one-dimensional for the first sort of, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And then to be honest, as soon as they scored, you know, Schalke just fell apart more than Dortmund were brilliant. Um, yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, it, obviously Dortmund deserved to win and the four goals by no means flattered them. But Sancho coming on in the second half, yeah, he was okay. I think a lot was made, obviously, because it was the Bundesliga and been shown in the UK, etc. You know, Sancho's a golden boy. But actually, yeah, he was all right. And Dortmund had runaway winners. I think it, in the overall picture, it just shows that Dortmund have got a good squad this season. Yeah. In have, compared, yeah. compared to the last couple of seasons where Bayern have sort of taken it from mm. one quite comfortably. I think it shows they can rest two or three and still get the simple three points. But I did think Schalke were effing dreadful, to put it nicely. Um, yeah, and they didn't really have much up top, but um, the keeper no. pretty much put it at least, a, I'd say a goal and a half at least. Um, yeah, was, was doing. But, yeah. Um, 
But moving on from Dortmund, obviously, um, mentioned Bayern there. A um, bit of a stroll on the park for them, really. Is it sort of the same assessment um, that you saw uh, you know, from Dortmund, really? Yeah, I just thought they were efficient. I know it sounds stupid and you associate the Germans have been efficient, but it's exactly what Munich were. I think mm. they just controlled the game. They, they were genuinely sort of, you know, didn't even really have to try to take the three points. So, yeah, nice and easy for them. Nice, you know, back in the rhythm of things. Yeah. And Korf, did you, I mean, which game did you particularly watch over the weekend? Obviously, um, what did you make of the whole sort of return and how did your top tid uh, team get on? Frank, aren't you Frankfurt, I believe? Yeah, all the social media and um, everything kind of pointed to Frankfurt, so I went for them. Um, yeah, it was good. The return was good. Um, I wouldn't say it was fantastic, but um, yeah, it was better than having no football. Um, and yeah, Frank Frankfurt were pretty average, to be honest, but then Gladbach are a, a good team. They um, did look, I thought they were my really standout before I mean results aside they were sort of one of the stuff I actually watched um with a sound out team for me um was it the atmosphere or was it the quality when you say it was sort of wasn't fantastic Corp, what was in particular sort of did you think mm, not so great um I think well like probably the quality um part of it but that's just more I think it's going to take a a bit of time isn't it to get everyone back up to full speed mm-hmm. um and I think yeah I think the atmosphere uh, kind of yeah it felt like you're watching kind of like pre-season games in a way it's, yeah but it, everything just seemed a bit flat in my opinion um, yeah, yeah I like, couldn't really I don't know if it's maybe because it's not a team I support and maybe I couldn't get fully on board with it but no, I think it just felt a little bit flat I think you're on saying that Corf. If, you, if you look at the nine games over the weekend if you'd have asked well probably all the accumulators everything that was going on there was only one home win across the nine games which is probably mm. I'm probably going to say it's unheard of and then someone's going to tell me it happens every week but you know one home game three draws five away wins and that, that's not just the top sort of five or six winning now, that was spread across the league so yeah interesting you know, I think restart, makes, I think that's the thing it makes a massive difference obviously to the smaller teams their fans mm. make a massive difference I know the sort of union Berlin ground is quite an old school mm. ground and they mm. you know they pack it to the rafters and give it some I'm not saying Bayern would have um, rolled over but um, it might have been a little bit more of a match and obviously the derby yeah. would have been yeah. um, a bit more vociferous and I think mm. Schalke would have performed better um, <clears throat> but they probably could have done with seven or eight of their fans probably putting a shirt on, on Saturday um, I'm, yeah. st- I'm yeah. still gutted about that I mean when you pay 12 99 for a shirt um, and get <laughs> in time for kickoff. You expect a little bit more, but um, I thoroughly enjoyed Saturday, as my Instagram proved, and my wife wasn't too <laughs> pleased when I was cooking her dinner at half seven. Um, nice little Umbro number. Absolutely. To be fair, it was a really nice number, and to be fair, it came really nice and quickly. I know somebody's didn't quite make it on Saturday. Uh, it arrived today. 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 Um, so just missed the cut off. Um, <laughs> I'm glad it was bad. You, it's easy to find negatives. And I just think at the moment mm. it's, it's a good advert of what we're going to be seeing in the next yeah. few weeks to months. So we, we might mm. as well just nod our heads and go, right, let's let's crack on with it. I mean, obviously... Yeah, and it's better than no football as well, isn't it? Yeah, so of course. It's, uh, it's definitely yeah. good to have it back. And I mean, moving on, I mean, we touched on it there. Um, What was slightly eerie was obviously the lack of fan noise and chanting in the the stadium. And it's been discussed amongst the 
broadcasters and I've seen it on social media as well, um, almost adding a football version of canned laughter to proceedings. Um, what, what do you reckon about that, Corf? Is that a start or would that just make it a bit of a joke for you and, and not so good? Yeah, I actually think it'd be, it could be quite interesting actually to see see how it works. Um, whether they could just trial it and yeah, and a couple of games because I'm sure it's better than the sound of the ball just being kicked kicked around because that's quite annoying. And then like you might have like a, a shouty manager, you know, on the sideline. All you can hear is him. Um, yeah, and 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 guess watching it as a fan when you when like I said, when there's no sound, it just gives that feel of like it's a preseason game. So mm. yeah, maybe maybe with a bit. Of crowd noise it could make it feel a bit more I think it's like a competitive match I think they could make it almost I mean like FIFA have even done in the last few years they've sort of they've included the sort of some of the team chants haven't they um, obviously yeah. the problem is it, it's it's trying to time it to when they would sort of generally hear it in the stadium you've got all of these questions as well um, well I'm quite but with the quiet but Cool. It's a bit like basketball, isn't it? I was going to say, and I, I don't know how familiar listeners or like you guys would be with it, but obviously when a team's attacking, they almost play like their team's music, don't they? So mm, yeah. it, it, it's not as if it's uncharted territory in the sense that it does happen across other global sports. So there's no reason why. I mean, I'm not suggesting for a minute that Take Me Home United Road has played as you know, Luke Shaw's tearing up the left wing, but mm. it's um, yeah, there's something in it, whatever it is. Yeah, it'd be interesting. They should just trial it maybe and, and just see see mm. how, how it goes, I, I think. I think it'd be good. Because yeah. what yeah. was, I mean, I, I think on some of the uh, matches last weekend, it did mm. when they scored a goal, they did make a bit of a deal of it on the stadium announcement sort of PR system. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sort of fine with that. I just think, I don't know, it's if what you just get like, yeah. generic sound and just just copy it across games how that really works and then you chuck in a you'll never walk alone for Liverpool it just might sound a bit cheesy um, yeah well if it was Sky Sports and you uh, they're playing that you would probably want to watch the game because they'll just constantly be playing you'll never walk alone well it's I mean this is, this is my other question and I was thinking about the other day so we're again old enough to remember fan zone mm. now if you actually had commentary from the fans at the moment, would that be more interesting than actually just listening to two technical professional commentators at home watching it? Um, I don't know, to be honest. I think I quite like the professional where you get like a bit of insight. So, Keown, teams or players. Martin Keown, not Martin Keown, not a particular <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's got to be a good time. Not many of them about, but yeah. I, I don't think the fan. I don't think a fan zone kind of thing would really, yeah, be an interest to me. But might appeal to others. I mean, to be honest, I remember it when. I mean, there are some cracking highlights from when Sky Sports originally mm. had it. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, and I don't know. Just I, I think having the option again would be. I'd definitely be interested. I mean, to be fair, I'm advertising myself. I should be the Arsenal fan and they should get me for the rest of the season. But um, I so, think it's it's something to trial. I think. Yeah, the, the commentary thing's an interesting one because we all sit there on a Saturday at three o'clock for the best part of two hours and listen to five, what's the right word, borderline legends slash has-beens talk about mm. the games with almost very little insight or description of what's happening, just sort of shouting and yelling when it might go in. So it, th- there's almost <laughs> something to it that if they find a balance between that and, you know, 
uh, sort of the fan zone piece. There's something there. If you have Peter Crouch sort of commentating on whatever game it is, it's almost pretty quite amusing. But I'm not sure it um, really works but, across the board. But this is what I mean. This is what um, is interesting, and uh, you know, it must, must have been ten, fifteen years ago. You would never have a Gary Neville mm. commentating on a Man United game. You never have a Jamie Carragher commentating on a Liverpool game. And now I think Sky almost putting that in to almost get a reaction from fans um, across yeah. the game. I don't know how you feel about that, Corf, but it always used to be that, you know, if you played for a club, you would basically not be picked to do a commentary. But these days it seems to be they've reversed it and they're almost trying to get a reaction from the almost the opposite fan base. You know, Man United would be yeah. a typical case. Yeah, possibly. I guess I, th- I think it's, it depends what the who the pundit is really, because some of them. I, I to me, yeah, Gary Neville is one of the better pundits, and I think he's it's because he's not biased towards Manchester United. Okay, he is occasionally, and that's understandable because he he's a fan at the end of the day, and and it all. I think I think most football fans accept that because you're a fan yourself, mm. so you get mm. his passion, um, and you can accept his passion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he was doing it all the time and biased towards United, you wouldn't. You wouldn't listen, but I think he's got a good balance. So it just depends, really. Yeah, it depends on on who they are. We we were talking um, of the Premier League. Uh, it looks like obviously the news this week is pretty positive. Um, it looks like there was only a handful of, I think it was around six um, positive results for coronavirus among. Seven or eight hundred um, tests, um, along with a few other players who have declined returning to training. Um, yeah. JK, sort of all in all, it looks like a positive sign and sort of step in the right direction. Yeah, I think if you isolate football from what's actually going on in the wider world, it's, it's a sensible move to do the testing, start trying to bring things back to some level of normality. I, I completely understand, you know, the likes of Dini and Kante saying, I'm mm-hmm. not coming back until I feel safe. That's cool. As long as you've got an agreement with the club that you're not coming back and mm-hmm. that the moment things resume, you know, and are safe, then do come back. That's fine. Not a problem. I, mm. I just think I'd like to see, almost for the fans, I know they've put some pictures up of like training and everything, but it would be useful to know the exact measures they're going through. I, I, I don't know if it's just out of curiosity because we've got the time to think about it but all we know is that they've been tested and they're going to come back and train in small groups but it's like that's great so that's phase one what's phase two are they going to come back training groups of six or seven next week are they doing you know are they doing five aside seven aside what's the makeup of it I just think they could be doing a little bit more for for fans really yeah it does seem to be a little bit vague um, but Mm. I do think the whole thing is being dealt with uh, the Premier League it looks like they're sort of falling upon each decision rather than sort of having a set method in in what Mm. they're looking to do at the moment Um, Mm. I mean Corf a few players were in the news this week Um, I I don't want to go into it too much Um, sort of define the lockdown side of things and um, it looks like there's only one arrest so the dumb footballer graph looks like it might be going in the right direction. Um, obviously, Serge Aurier, I think it was the third time he's been caught. Um, and obviously, Callum Hudson-Odoi, um, looking like he was either booking a late-night escort or um, someone's <laughs> missus at four in the morning. Glamour, Glamour model. model. Sorry, that's what they're called these days. Um do you think, I mean, are we being a little bit harsh or 
where, where they're being sort of caught out or is it something where the clubs maybe should be a little bit more severe in the punishment um, they're giving out to players? Yeah, it's just stupidity, isn't it, from them? And I think, again, it's, if we mentioned it, maybe in one of the earlier podcasts, it's just footballers, young footballers, um, loads of money, don't know what to do. They haven't got much general like you know guidance in their lives. Um, and they just think, I think they, some of them just think they'll get away with stuff. It's, it's just irresponsible from them. It's endangering you know, people's lives. Um, mm. It's wasting it's wasting the effort of clubs that are trying to get these preparations in place to get you know the squads back. So you know, Serge Aurier, for example, he gets tested, he's fine. The clubs like you know, the squad's ready to go. They start training. He goes and you know goes out. He could come back the next day, and he's then he's then caught something. Mm. And it's like, well, that was a waste of a test. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it, yeah, it's just stupid waste of money on resources like that. And mo- well, most importantly, it's just it's, it could potentially be dangerous if they all decided to, to do that. So, yeah. yeah, I think um, obviously because. Mourinho, he uh, didn't he get caught a few weeks ago with a few of the players in the park or something along the lines of that, having a small training session. Obviously, yeah. it all comes down from the top. I always think that sort of uh, almost sort of respecting, you know, seeing, you know, follow what your manager would do in a situation. But um, how do Spurs look? Obviously, Son's back um, this week. Um, I've seen a sort of bit on social media, sort of, you know, Daddy Ali obviously had his situation happen last week, but um, obviously Kane is back. Um, so actually, when we do restart, do you think Spurs might have a positive end to the season? Because um, it looks like everyone's sort of back fit and available. Yeah, I think we've, we're in a good position at the moment. Yeah, I think we've got... We've got um... Full squad, like you say, Sun's back, Kane's back, fit, um, ready to go. We've got options, but it, it just it a bit like when we just touched on with the Bundesliga. It just depends how teams start. You know, it could it could be a slow start for most teams, or some teams could just be you know hit the ground running, and you could get some strange results. I but, think the big thing is going to be some yeah. of the teams where then maybe not technically as good as others. Obviously, you know, teams near the bottom end of the table. Um, for me, if I was their manager now, say David Moyes or um, Steve Bruce, be really sort of getting on to them on the fitness side of things because it could be the last 15, 20 minutes of a game where mm. you could win you know, valuable points, especially at that end of the table. Um, I, yeah, I don't definitely. know. I don't know what you think. I mean, that, that would be my thinking um, but uh, you, you don't quite know whether they've been sort of sitting at home obviously they always get individual programs these days and they're finely tuned athletes but it'll be pretty obvious when they come back the ones that are sort of a little bit behind and um, the teams that have really been you know marshalled into uh, keeping to a strict regime as it were so I can yeah. yeah I mean it's not Obviously, I was going to say, I've seen like, some of the pictures on social media and you wouldn't even think these players have kind of missed the gym mm. or not been, you know. It, it's just crazy. Uh, you know, how, you know, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, gyms at home and stuff, yeah. And um, I just, um, obviously, um, it's good that they're starting to train again. I mean, yes, I think the Premier League's been a little bit vague um, in the detail of the restart scheme. And like Johnny said, it's sort of... Mm. Uh, groups of five, but what, what is the next step? Um, Corf, what 
what would you expect to see in sort of the next few weeks? Do you think, obviously, in regards to the Bundesliga, they came back to training and then it was quite a short turnaround from training to start in the league fixtures again? Um, I mean, I know I'm sort of putting you on the spot. What as a date or a reasonable time do you think we'll be kicking off again? Um, I don't know. I think they've mentioned before, well, I think Steve Bruce has said they need at least, was it six weeks or something they're saying they need to get full fitness or get up to kind of match fitness? I find so, that really difficult to to fathom, to be honest. I think these guys... Yeah, I don't think need that much time because they, they can play, yeah, well, obviously depending on the numbers mm. and stuff, but you could start playing games, like games behind closed doors at training grounds, you know I mean? They do that most of the time sometimes with like the under 23s or whatever. Um, so they could get enough kind of fitness under their belt, but I just think, I mean, at first I you know didn't want them to push it back, you know, bring it back too quickly. But I think now the excitement starts to slowly build, and you think it's a, it is a positive thing, and you hope that they don't, yeah, they just slowly, maybe slowly bring it back, but not too quickly to mess yeah, anything I up. I think the next worry I mean. really is when it does come back um, that fans stay away. I think that was one thing that seemed to. Um, go around the supporter groups in the Bundesliga, they really did say, you know, don't come to the stadium and don't see it. Mm. used to go to the city centre and it sounds like that didn't happen. Um, JK, I mean, do you have mm. an, an idea of looking into your crystal ball? Do you think we could be end of June, July or do we think it's going to be a bit further down the line? Yeah. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that I think July restart makes some sense for you know on all accounts in terms of you know Sky are still protected from the money they've paid and just in time for my just birthday. enough time to just in time for your birthday yeah yeah I, I think it's it sort of fits all well. there's enough time for you know whatever the government to make some decisions on you know pubs and bars and just make sure that they're not gonna all of a sudden have a wave of you know people coming in to watch football and things because. Yeah, those two things coming together be a complete disaster all round. But I think as long as, like you say, you touch on over the Bundesliga, as long as it comes back, it's at the home ground or the you know, relative ground of each club, then I think it'll be fine. Um, as long as fans, like you say, do stay away and be sensible about it. Yeah. I think the worry is um, is Liverpool, isn't it? It's because obviously, you know, winning their league title, Ooh, you can't... That's Liverpool Here we go. They haven't won it yet. No, no, just completely see what you, where yeah. you're going to go with this call for the... Yeah, fans fans are going to want to go and celebrate a league title, aren't they? And no matter what, you, I mean, there's people going up at parks and stuff. They're told not to go to the beach or whatever, and people are doing mm. that. So there's going to be people that I think, you know, are just going to go for it because Liverpool have never, you know, haven't won the Premier League before. So that's the only concern I'd say is people gathering is, is, is going to be that once they win the league. Yeah. This could be. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think it's <laughs> you're, you're sort of relying on many thousands of people being responsible. Unfortunately, we mm. we think positively, but usually we're we're disappointed a bit. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to the club and the Premier League, though, doesn't it? I mean, yes, you're right. Communication go out into the streets. Mm. Yeah, you would hope that enough people would be sensible enough. But you know, there's not going to be an open top bus parade through you know the streets of Anfield and surrounding areas. And you would hope that the Premier League would just do sort of like a low-key, you know, so obviously hand them the trophy, do the confetti, that kind of usual stuff. But you would hope that it's a, we'll only do it provided people sort of stay, you know, stay put. You'd hope that that message is quite strong. 
Yeah, and you've got some derbies as well in the games coming up. Like there's still Spurs Arsenal, they've got to play each other and, and there's mm. gonna you know, there's gonna be fans that are gonna wanna you know, Arsenal fans are gonna wanna go up to top. But they then, should you know, that's you know. the thing, it's just it's it's being sensible. You've you've been told not to, you understand the situation. Mm. It is what it is. Do you either want to see the game and see the league end or yeah, exactly. do you want yeah. to be yeah. the fan yeah. group that basically stops mm-hmm. the league restarting and Everything's postponed again. Um, so um, yeah. I think it's just um, relying on sensible fans, which is easy said than done, yeah. especially when you've got the crew at AFTV mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. Arsenal defeat again. Um, <laughs> Spurs, um, Corf, just quickly, actually, we were talking fans. Have you had any, any notice on season tickets? Because I did see in the, the news that two or three Premier League clubs have addressed their fans now about refunds on season tickets. Yeah. So season ticket, yeah, season tickets have been refunded. Um, you can obviously re- like withdraw the money from your account, or you can keep it in there as a credit to the next next season. Um, next season ticket, yeah. So that's all been sorted out now. I think that's just because they know that the games will go ahead, but they won't, you know, won't be in, involving fans. So they kind of know the situation now. This is probably what the what it took right, so long. Got you, but all, all I was all I was going to say was I think. I'm reading between the lines, I think we're the last, if you like, major European league to try and resume because mm. there's no guarantee that the others will resume. But I think if they don't take any lessons from either the Bundesliga or, you know, Serie A potentially starting up again, then we need shooting. It would just be sort of like another nail in the coffin for the sort of Premier League FA kind of... I think... Well, you know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly. Not, not it's the, of, yeah. Basically not treating it like VAR. The Premier League, instead of trying yeah. to be the ones to do it differently... Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just follow what yeah. work. Um, exactly. And yeah. to be honest, um, I mean, I did think it was a little bit um, unnecessary, probably the face mask mm. and subs um, over the weekend if they've been tested and they're all fine and dandy. Um, but yeah, it all went yeah, they've either got it or they haven't I, right, if they've been tested. Exactly. I think it all went through yeah. um, okay. Um yeah, the extra substitutions uh, mm. seem to be more of a delay. Um, yeah, do you know what's interesting? Just on that though, if you imagine sort of, oh, let's go back a few years now, and you're just watching a game on TV, you never would have seen the subs. It, you might get a shot of the manager, or you might get a shot of like the star player being left out, but mm. you'd never go and zoom in on the subs anyway. So well, it's because they used to jog off as well. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. It's sort of we're only focusing on it because. There's, there's so many cameras in there looking at, you know, has he got his face mask on? Right, I mean, I dread to think what Balotelli's going to do. He'll be wearing it sort of on his shoulder if he has to put it on. But it's kind <laughs> of, um, do you know what I mean? Is, uh, as some of you may be aware, is Mental Health Week. Um, and there was an article with Luke Chadwick um, in one of the papers. Um, now, we all remember his fleeting appearances for United when we were in our teens, um, acne-ridden and hardly uh, oil paintings ourselves. Um, and he came out to say this week he suffered, suffered a lot of abuse for his looks um, when he was younger. Um and I just wanted to talk a little bit about social media as a whole in football and in really whether it's had a positive or negative effect overall. Um, I mean, it shows how old we all are because we remember a life before Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. But um, did you prefer the simpler times when it was sort of CFAX, page 303, latest news and 
um, Match of the Day magazines, or do you like the instant breaking news uh, world that we now sort of live in? I'll come to you on the Corf, um first on that one. Yeah, I love to see facts. I mean, it's a, it's the not knowing and the, yeah, the, the build up of emotions and the suspense, and you you like you're not sure what's going to happen. Um, and now you kind of it, it it's just there, isn't it? And I think well, I used to I started off liking the you know the instant well, Scott alerts and you, knowing the goals. Honest, that the was the one, wasn't it? We all when that came out, we thought, oh my god, this is the this is it, this is the holy grail of sport channels, yeah. but. Um, I'll let you carry on. on. I think there's no there's no emotion. Yeah, there's no emotions now. Like when you just if if for example if you're on Twitter and you get a goal or you just get a goal alert on your phone, there's no emotion attached to that. But if you're watching a soccer Saturday or whatever and you you've got the passion of like Jeff Stelling and then or someone else at the game and they can give you more insight and the, about the goal going in, it's I do kind of prefer that now rather than not yeah just to get a goal alert on your phone instantly. And the amount of people trying to film the action rather than just enjoy the moment. Yeah, that's just crazy now that, yeah, people just don't, yeah, that's just modern society. I think everyone wants to capture every moment on their phones and videos and not actually live it as if they're there. Um, yeah, no, I'm not a fan of any of that. I think it's just, it's yeah, just a bit I mean, silly now. for me, it was. Uh, the the one thing that really ruined it for me was transfer deadline day and just big transfers used to be you used to see some come in and go wow look at that one and now you can pretty much see a transfer from start to finish um, and it does take out the excitement yeah there's no yeah exactly there's no surprise in it there like you know there's they're the worst kept secrets these days, aren't they? Transfers, you kind of, yeah, you know they're going to happen months before they actually happen and there's no real excitement when it happens. Yeah, and, you know and I mean? where do you go now? I mean, because I'm sort of, I, yeah. I like Twitter to a degree, um, but unfortunately there are so many keyboard warriors out there. Um, you know, I might post something on the podcast and it's just an opinion. We all have them. Um, I think I annoyed half of the Bayern Munich fan base the other day because I particularly think Manuel Neuer is a tad overrated. I think there's a mistake in him um, and he wouldn't be in my top three goalkeepers in the world, just my opinion. But that that got sort of, you know, 60 or 70 retweets from a particular clown face that was replied to me. So um, that, that, hurt, that hurt me deeply. Um, it seemed to be every profile picture had a Leroy Sane um, or Manuel Neuer um, face to it. Um, but um, Yeah, it's, it's, too easy. it's too easy for people to abuse you, isn't it? On, on things like Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, I mean, do, I mean, overall, do you think social media is a positive I know it's 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 hard to be black and white, but do you see it as a it's been good for football or would you actually be fine if it didn't exist at all and you had to almost source the news yourself or buy a paper or do it the old school way? Um, I think things like Twitter, I think, are good for football mm-hmm. uh, on the whole. Um, kind of, it's a connection, isn't it? Between, you know, it brings a connection between well, fans, you know, of different clubs, it brings discussions. And also some fans, if they want to, they can, you know, communicate and connect with their, their you know, the players. But is that not the danger? Like that I think that's, 
why why do we need that? That's my question. I've never thought I look up to these players, or less so now, but I used to look up, you know, when you were a kid, these, you know, the players are God, all of them. And I would never be thinking I I want to speak, you know, okay, I'd love to meet them, but I would never be thinking, right, I'm going to try and speak to them on this, on that, and send them loads of messages. If they don't reply, send them some abuse, open up 20 profiles, keep sending them abuse, and it stems from there. What? Where is the need for the direct knowledge of what a player's doing at home, what he does in the week? Do you think it's just a bit perverse, the fact we need all of that now? Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. But that it's just life, though, mm. isn't it? Everyone does it. So it's like, it's, I think it just kind of fits into society and how society works. And it would look a bit odd if, if you know, those kind of players, like you say, when we were younger, it's, yeah, they, these players were God and stuff. And like, you, yeah, you'd be dying to meet them and things. But now everyone is, everyone shows off their lives. And if the players weren't doing it, fans would be like, well, why are these players, why do these players think they're different to everyone else? They can't win. To it. And obviously, yeah. Sa- yeah. same to you really, JK. I mean, do you think overall yeah. it's a positive? And just you a few guys sitting in their pants behind the laptop yeah it's a bit of both isn't it I, I have some level of admiration for the players that put themselves out there and say look almost I'm in the public domain almost you know, say what you want to me and I'll you know I'll either respond I'll block you I'll report you there is that dynamic that happens but the other side of it I just think the platforms are so poorly policed in general I think the one out of all of them I kind of get the impression that Instagram is the one that has the most sort of you know, rules and regulations and policies around it that would protect you a little bit. Twitter's a minefield for, well, what, for monsters, for want of a better phrase. I've always thought it's um, uh, yeah. all you should have to enter is a passport number or a national insurance number, and that's that's it. Exactly. It's Yeah, there's free speech, and then there's, you know, being a complete moron um, for absolutely no reason that should lead to your ultimate arrest. Yeah. It, that, that's the problem. It's so poorly policed. I, I like the principle of... I think we were talking about it earlier. Like, if Stephen Gerrard goes on Twitter, for example, oh, he can say to the fans, away. Oh, sorry, sorry. he can say to the fans, you know, let's just hypothetically say he, he tweets after that slip many years ago mm. and says, you know, I'm really sorry. This, you know, shit happens. I had a slip. You know, I've blown things. He shouldn't then have a torrent of abuse after him. It should be like, you know, yeah, no problem. They appreciate the honesty and the way we go. Mm. But it's, it's never going to happen because there's too many morons. Yeah, there. and... Yeah, and it's too easy, isn't it? Yeah. Like I said, it's too easy. Yeah. Someone can, you wouldn't say it to someone. You wouldn't That's go up it. to Stephen Gerrard in public and probably. Well, some people would if they've had a few and all that, but you wouldn't do that. But it's too easy yeah. to just go on Twitter and just you know say what yeah. they want. It's they wouldn't say it to their faces. And that's it's, it's usually I'd have thought yeah. it's the same fan that would be the first in the queue to ask for an autograph or a picture. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and and you mentioned yeah. Stevie G there. Um, annoyingly, because mm. uh, that leads me on to my mm. question. I mean, if you were a modern day player, obviously Steven Gerrard yeah. was a famous yeah. case of not getting involved in uh, with social media, and I think it is, it's still the case. Um, would you? He's, he's on the gram now. Is he on the gram now? Well, that's it's probably done yeah. for him, and he just smiles at the camera. Yeah. Um, but would you be like one of the younger guys? I, I know it's difficult because we're sort of. <laughs> We're um, a few years older than the uh, younger players in sort of the Premier League sides, your Rashford, your Lingard, um, 
would you avoid it or would you just pick and choose what go on I don't think you can avoid it like, I think of course they're, like, they're, they're human like anyone mm. else yeah they're perfectly entitled to go and do it I think they just got to be so careful about what they put on there because even the slightest thing so misconstrued taken out of context you know then there's the whole advertising stuff well this is it it's there. PR it's, it's, yeah that's where but but on the flip side You've got so many of them using the platforms to, you know, help out charities, raise awareness for certain things. And they simply wouldn't be able to do it without the platform. So it's a rough with the smooth. And I think it's down to the platforms to police it better, the individual to use it in the right way. And then we'll be fine. It, it, it has to be there. Of course, it's, like it's society. If they don't do it, it's almost a bit odd. So they have to do it. It's just doing it in the right way. Yeah. And Corf, would you be on TikTok doing your dance routine oh, or would you uh, skip it all and just have your co- cup of cocoa slippers on match the day um, um i think it would depend it would depend how my career was i think if i was if i was someone, <laughs> yeah, if, I, if i was someone like you know if i was someone world class like harry kane i'd probably just focus on on the football and like your mm. everything else comes with it but if i was say kind of bang average like a pogba <laughs> I'd probably use it for like build up. A, I'd use it to build a brand and you know get the income because you know if you know football might not last forever, so you might as well. It, you know, it's a short career. It's a short career. I mean, obviously, um, it was an interesting. I, I wanted to bring it up this week, obviously, because of the the mental health week. I do think it's it's important mm. for people to speak up because um, obviously, I think Luke Chadbury is quite a successful. Um, coach i think he works within sort of schools around hertfordshire way um now um and obviously you've got to be one hell of a footballer to put on a united shirt on but, um i think it's safe to say we it's so easy to make a negative comment um especially towards footballers who earn too much money blah 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 um, um yeah actually saying something positive um but for me Going back to the first question, I would say, in the grand scheme of things, I don't like social media. I mean, yes, I'm on it, and uh, the podcast is on it, but um, in regards to football, if I didn't see um, them at the training ground or them taking selfies, I would quite happily just go on good old-fashioned C-Fax and find it out for myself and do a bit of reading, but... Um, I'm old school. I'm a born traditionalist. Uh, I'm an old man, and I'm only 31. So. <laughs> that's, that's a big full stop after that. But we come on to selecting our centre backs for our beer eleven. Um, just Charlie, just just before you do that, um, I know I know we spent some time, but. I don't know. I might have to rewind it. Just did Corf call Paul Pogba average? Yes, I didn't. <laughs> I did. I did. As in the Paul, as in the Paul Pogba, yes. or is it? No, I, did, I, did, I didn't make a. As in, as in Paul Pogba. Sorry. Paul Pogba the brand. Oh no, yeah. I didn't make a big oh, thing because I totally agree with Corf. I think he is well overrated. This this, this is World Cup winning midfielder. Oh uh, yeah, about, yeah. Right? Natu- naturally gifted. Yeah. Thanks to Ingolo Kante. Ah, oh, the guy's a genius on the ball. I, I, he's so underrated, in my opinion. Uh, nah, I And I wouldn't say he's underrated. <laughs> no, I, I do think yeah, he's, he's definitely not average. He's our best midfielder, probably by a country mile. 
you know, Bruno's come in and looked all right, yeah. but he, he's yeah, he's a very good footballer. He's, um, yeah, I, I was just using him as an example yeah, for like, like, social, like social media. Now, last week I wrote off Henning Carlsberg and Sol Campbell already, so they're barred. Um, right, let's get stuck in. So I'll take two each off you guys. Um, JK, what have you got? This is going to be painful. I know it is, Gorm. No, I mean, I, I did flirt with using the ones I had last week. And just to reiterate for the listeners, it was Fabio Canestrongbo. It was Fabio Cannavaro. Mm-hmm. Right? And it was Old Speckled Henningberg um, that I also had. So I am tempted to stick with them. However, I know you just ruled out Henning Carlsberg, but what about Henning Cronenberg? Are you going to rule that uh, one out as No, well? it, was more, it was more of an anti-Carlsberg <laughs> type last okay. I'm not yeah. a big fan of Carlsberg, so I basically just wrote it off. I, I won't accept Carlsberg as a beer rock. Fine. Um, but Fine. Berg, and this one, I'm not, I'm not totally sure of the next one because I'm not entirely sure if it is a beer or just one of my favourite beer houses, should we say, which would be Americ Porterhouse. Americ Porter. Yeah, Americ La Porterhouse. Um, well, Porterhouse is one of our favourite um Drinking spots um, in Covent Garden. We highly recommend it. And this isn't an ad, but um, I shall accept it. I don't think, I think you've got London Porter as a drink. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is a long shot. It's a long shot. Do you know what? I'm going to take you other two. I quite like Old Spectrum and yeah, I, I picked on Fabio Canestro. Fabio Canestro. It has got a ring to it. Um, Corf. Yeah. Yeah, so last week I had um, Wes Brown Ale and Sol Campbell. Hopefully they're um, both gone. But I, yeah, they've both gone and I think I've improved. Um, so my first one is Ledley Green King IPA. Okay, okay. Ledley Green King. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that works. I mean, he didn't really play football though, and... did he? He sort of played for like a couple of weeks and then didn't do anything else. Well, he's a legend and I've got another legend oh, here. Spurs Walter San Miguel. Mm. That was Walter San Miguel. Walter San Miguel. Okay. Um, San Miguel. So Walter, Walter Samuel. Samuel. And that yeah. also works. Yeah. Works for another one. You could have San Miguel and Titi. San Miguel. Okay. Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Or you could have J. Oh. Lloyd San Miguel. Yeah. I you can, see where I'm going. You see where you're yeah. going with it. Okay. Um, uh, JK, your thoughts on these two? Uh, do you know They're better than what he had last week, but then I'm in no position to comment. Um, well, I wonder. That's the scary no, thing. The that's the scary thing. Yeah, the Wes Brown Ale is what I was comparing it to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think you've done all right there. I think you could... Well, they're better than mine, so... I, I like... Um, what was your first one again there, Corf? Ledley, Ledley Green yeah, King. That was good. IPA. That was good. Is good. I like Fabio Canastrongbo. My two are both um, brands, beer brands. Um, the first one is only because I used to always come, you know, uh, you always come to a Friday night, you'd have a house party at a mate's house, and all your mates would turn up with Foster's, Carling, Blue WKD, Blue WKD, Smyrna Pack of Straws, coming from Johnny's house. And my dad was drinking John. <laughs> Guinness or Bass. Mm. Bass, if you can remember it, it was a black can with a red almost harp. Uh, yeah, so I've got my first yeah. one is Callum Chain Bass. 
Yeah, again, barely a footballer. My second one, I do think it's quite good, and it's to anyone who's been to Greece, um, maybe one of the Cypriot islands, and it's Ben Mythos. Could have Ben Meantime on that basis, then. Yeah, I didn't think about it. Yeah, or ben you could Mythos. go Ben Meantime, but I went with Mythos. Ben it is one of my one of my favourite beers. Um, goes down very nicely in 30 degrees weather on the beach. Um, but I, they're not my strongest yeah. two. To be fair, I've fallen off from my Tebow Stella Courtois um, in week one, to be yeah. honest. Um, I'll put it out there first. I would take Fabio Canastrongbow and Ledley Green King. Yeah, IPA, yeah. Up the spurs. <laughs> Up the spurs. Um, <laughs> think, As you can support. Think, See what I are we, are we yeah, in agreement no. to lock those two in? Yeah, I, I did quite like Walter San Miguel, but just because he's a legend and it would be a quality centre-back He's now, a hard... I'll go with the as well. I, it didn't. Walter Samuel, San Miguel. Yeah. All right, but I prefer your other one. Yeah, let's stick with that. Right, I'm so we've got in goal, Thibaut Stelacorsois, right back, Sadar as Pellestrella. And now we've got joining those two, Fabio Canastrongbow and Ledley Green King IPA. So we've just got um, our left to go <laughs> next week and then we have our back five sorted. Um, that's all for tonight. Um, thanks again for listening and um, catch us again next week. Cheers, guys. No, thanks, everyone. Cheers, and, um, cracking. we'll catch up and uh, we'll be back next week for now. Stay alert, stay safe and have a beer on us. Cheers.